0: Hey everybody, thank you for joining me today on the Lifescaping for the Believer podcast. If this is your first time joining us, my name is Dylan Stevens, and I'm so excited that you're here. This right here is where we focus on beautifying and enhancing the life that God has given you. Beyond just calling yourself a Christian, what does it mean to walk intimately with God through Jesus, and how do we live an empowered life by the Holy Spirit? I promise you that your life on earth is so much more valuable and important than just acquiring a ticket to heaven. Though that's the best part, it's not the only part of the upward calling of Jesus Christ. So sit back, enjoy the episode, and be sure to share this with somebody who needs to hear the Word of God today. Thanks for joining me, everybody. My name is Dylan Stevens, your host for this show. And you know what, you guys, I'm really excited about the episode And I know I say that a lot, but you know what? It's hard not to be when you get to share with people the revelation that the Lord is bringing through His Word. When you just just get to share it, no matter how many listeners there are, whether it's one, one hundred, or one hundred thousand, people being able to hear the Word is what builds and develops your faith. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about this third part to having a solid foundation in Christ. And as a quick recap, in the first episode of this little mini introduction series, we talked about coming to Jesus first. And when you do that, it's like a domino effect. If you come to Jesus fully surrendering your life, you know, in Matthew, it says that those who want to gain their life will lose it for my sake. So if you want to be a true follower of Jesus, you have to come to Jesus first. You're not going to the law. You're not going to pastors and priests and all these different things Jesus is the only way to eternal life and to have an abundant life here on earth so come to Jesus first in our second little episode we talked about listening to the word the word became flesh the word was God the word was with God and in the beginning nothing that was made was made except through him that's what John 1 tells us and him is referring to Jesus and so Listening to the word is how you literally build the actual house that 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 Jesus is talking about here in Luke chapter six, which is which has been our our foundational scripture that we're talking about building this solid foundation. The one of the biggest pieces is listening to the word. It has to saturate you, just like in in Joshua chapter one, where God commanded Joshua, if you'll meditate on the instructions I give you, aka the word of God, you will be successful in everything that you do. Now today's episode we're talking about following Jesus. And here's a huge misunderstanding is people think that as soon as you're as soon as as you as you you know you hear about you, people just think you can jump into being a follower of Christ. And here's here's the reality. If all you try to do is follow Jesus at a distance you will miss it. I heard a guy say that those who follow Jesus up close Versus those who follow Jesus at a distance is the difference between being a part of the multitudes that Jesus witnessed to and taught and being a part of the inner discipleship, the inner group, the the tight-knit group that Jesus had. You see, Jesus will invite any Jesus invites everyone, but you have to take up the responsibility to say, I'm gonna get close to Jesus. I'm going to take the responsibility to know him. So that's what we're going to talk about today is following through on the responsibility that, that falls on us to know Jesus, to really follow after Jesus. So turn in your, in your Bible to Luke chapter 6. I'm going to read it for the third time in this little mini series. Luke chapter 6, 46. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me listens to my teachings and then follows it it's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock when the flood waters rise and break against that house it stands firm because it's well built but anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation when the floods sweep down against that house it will collapse into a heap of ruins. Notice how he says it will collapse. There's no way that you can stand firm if it's not on a foundation. The foundation is Christ. That's why the first part is come to Jesus. Building the house is listening to the Word, and following Jesus is solidifying on that foundation, trusting in the Word of God, and and knowing that no matter what comes, you can fall back on what Jesus has already said. All of these things combined are what we call obedience. That's why That's why Jesus said it in one word. He says, but if anyone hears these words and doesn't obey, which when he says obey, he's combining, he's combining, come, listen, and follow. Anyone who hears these words and doesn't obey it is like a person who builds it right on the ground and that house is going to fall. Following Jesus is a decision that you make to give up the life you think you want, in order to chase after him fervently and with all of your heart. And you know what's funny? Is people think you have to give up life in order to follow Jesus. You know, people quote whenever Jesus said in Matthew 16, well, pick up your cross and follow me. You know, people think that there's this huge burden that gets put on your back when you follow Jesus, when in fact the only burden that we have to carry is the burden that Christ already carried. That's why he said, take my yoke, which is easy. He already carried the cross. When he says, pick up your cross and follow him, he's literally saying that there's going to be persecution. There's going to be trial. There's going to be danger. But I will be with you through it all. I am your shield. I am your hedge of protection. And so when he's saying, pick up your cross, he's saying, take the responsibility, take the duty of being called a Christian. There will be persecution, but you have been called to have an abundant life. John chapter 8, verse 12 says that whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, will not walk in darkness. That's what we're going to start today as we dive into this on what it looks like to follow through in a relationship with Jesus. He says, those who listen to my teachings and then follow it. I can tell you this much, that sitting in a church pew one time a week does not consider you, does not qualify you as a follower of Christ. Being a follower of Christ means this, you are producing, I want you to write this down, Being a follower of Christ means that you are producing and being an imitator of Christ. You are producing good works out of the overflow of the treasury of a good heart, and you are imitating Christ's example. And I'm going to get into this because Scripture very clearly tells us this. Being a follower is producing out of the overflow of a good and renewed heart, and imitating the example of christ and just to rewind a little bit if we were to talk about in the first video or the, excuse me the first series the first episode when we talked about coming to jesus part of coming means submitting part of listening like in our second video is so or excuse me part of listening is receiving and part of following is producing and imitating Okay, coming to Jesus means that you are willing to submit to the yoke of Christ. Part of listening means that you're willing to receive what Christ has for you, what God has for you. And then part of following means that you're producing and imitating. Both of those, it's not either or, it's both and. Producing and imitating. It means that our innermost heart, let me let me, you know, Let me put it this way. If you follow the story, why is it that Jesus even told this story in the first place? What is the point of Jesus saying, I'll show you what it's like when, when when people actually build on a firm foundation? Because you have to remember, when he's talking about this, he's basically saying that the way you're doing it is wrong. The way that it's been done up to this point has been corrupted by man. My father gave you a, gave you a way to do things, but you took it into your own hands. Look at the story of the Israelites, how they rebelled and were restored. Rebelled and were restored. The, the chosen children of God rebelled time and time again. And the Heavenly Father, God, came and said, I'm going to restore you. Here's how we're going to have that restoration happen. And he gave, them, he gave them the book of the law. He gave them judges. He gave them kings. He gave them rulers. And through it all, man mucked it up. Mark chapter 7 and Jeremiah 17 both paint the picture that the heart of man is evil and perverse when it's in our possession. When we are the ones who operate out of our own understanding, out of our own desires, out of our own, you know, capabilities, it's evil and perverse because of the fall of man. Because of the fall of man and due to it, our hearts became corrupted. And scripture says that out of the heart flows rivers of life. So whatever's in your heart is going to come out. And because man chose to sin, that sinful nature got passed down all the way to us at this present day. Now, here's the good news. Is that even though God's people rebelled time and time again, God is in the business of restoration. And so if you'll take a look at Ezekiel chapter 36, I want you to go there because I'm going to read close to 10 verses. All right? Ezekiel 36. And as I'm turning there myself, Ezekiel chapter 36 is where God speaks to the prophet Ezekiel and says, I want you to tell the people this. This is in the midst of them rebelling and God comes to Ezekiel with a message and says this is my message of restoration to Israel this, there's going to be a new covenant that I will bring to you through the Messiah now obviously the Israelites knew that the Messiah was to come but now it's being confirmed that it's no. when this new covenant comes and you'll recognize it by its signs there, this will be the sign and so he goes on and he says this Ezekiel 36.26 he's talking about the new covenant of Jesus Christ's blood He says then i will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean your filth will be washed away this is verse 25 and you will no longer worship idols verse 26 and i will give you a new heart and i will put in you a new spirit i will take out your stony stubborn heart and give you a tender responsive heart now who is the only one who is able to to give you that brand new heart. You see because up to this point it was it all fell on having to sacrifice physically. We had to have a physical atonement for a supernatural deficit. So they he God put priests in charge and they had to slaughter lambs, pure blood had to be spilled in order to cover our sins. So a physical act had to be done, but it never sufficed. It had to continue happening again and again because blood is demanded for this. The atonement had to be made for the sinful, for the sins of man. Blood had to be shed. And so because the lamb's blood was pure, but it was not perfect, it covered it for a short while. And so God here is telling Ezekiel, I will put in you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a new, tender, responsive heart. So right there, we know what God is after. He's after a responsive heart. And throughout history, God's chosen people were responsive for a short season and then they would fizzle out and then they would fall apart and things got in the way, idols got in the way, people got in the way, nations got in the way. And it all fell back on the fact that their heart was still stubborn and stony because there wasn't an atonement that was settled once and for all. And he says this as he goes on in verse 27. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. Now that right there is huge because the spirit of God didn't commune inside of people yet. He communed to people through the prophets. The spirit was here, but he was not inside of people. That didn't come until Jesus came. And he says, "I will put my spirit in. I will put my spirit in you, so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey all my regulations. And you will live in Israel and the land I gave your ancestors long ago. You will be my people, and I will be your God. I will cleanse you of all your filthy behavior. I will give you good crops of grain. I will send no more famines on the land. I will give you great harvests for your for your fruit trees and fields. And I'll never again surround your. Or excuse me." And never again will the surrounding nations be able to scoff at your lands for its famines. And it just goes on. And what I want to point out to you is this, that he gave a brand new heart. And this is important to know, because if we're looking at what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus, we have to receive the new heart that's been put inside of us, just like I talked about at the end of the episode last time. In the end of our second episode... I talked about 2 Corinthians chapter 5 where it's you are a new creation in Christ. And so part of listening remember is receiving. Father, I receive the new heart that Jesus came shed his blood for. And this heart is a responsive heart. The new heart that God has given me is a responsive heart. That's what God is after. So what is the what is the number 1 sign of a true follower of Jesus is responsive write this down you guys i'm I'm very serious because comparing ezekiel 36 with what jesus is saying in luke 6 is this is key right here the true follower of christ will be recognized by the responsive heart that he or she carries the evidence of a new heart is responsiveness and you could also put obedience Because he goes on to say in verse 27 of Ezekiel 36, I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey all of my regulations. Part of following is producing. So if we go back to Luke chapter 6, okay? Why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord? I'll show you what it is like when someone comes to me, listens, and follows. I want you to go up just a few verses. And I'm just now hitting this because it's just now relevant. When Jesus says this, it's, it's prefaced by these verses right here. Verse 43 in Luke chapter 6 says this. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit. And a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. There's those two words, produce and produce. A tree is identified by what? It's fruit. What's the fruit of a good heart? Responsiveness figs are never gathered from thorn bushes and grapes are not picked from bramble bushes a good person produces good things he's he's going to explain it in this verse he's going to explain what it means for for good fruit to come from a good tree a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. You know what treasury means? It means overflow. It means money that's put away and stored for a specific reason. Money's in circulation in America, but there's also a treasury in the United States that houses all of the extra money. The treasury of a good heart. So what does this mean? Following Jesus, being a true follower of Jesus, is all about producing out of the overflow of a renewed heart. Following Jesus is all about producing out of the overflow of a new heart. And I receive that heart by coming to Jesus, surrendering my life to Him, listening to the Word, and following through on the Word. Treating every word as though it's 100% true, believing it, and having faith enough to act on it. And he goes on to say, An evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And as I was talking about in Ezekiel chapter 36, up until that point, man, you know, like I was saying about Mark 7 and Jeremiah 17, the heart is an evil thing when it's left to man to handle. So Jesus gives us a new heart. He does. All right, let's look at some evidence in the New Testament. I want you to go to Ephesians 5 1. Okay, this is, a, this is Paul, of course, writing to the church of Ephesus. And one of the first things he says in this chapter, while I'm getting there, got to move my mic out of the way a little bit. Ephesians 5, verse 1. Imitate God. Seems pretty straightforward, huh? Therefore, in everything you do, because you are dear children. You know what's funny? So I'm a father of a 10-month-old girl who's napping right now, and that's when I chose to record this episode. And as I've had my daughter for 10 months in front of me, though she obviously is, you know, just because she's been on the earth 10 months, she's obviously, she was alive in her mother's womb, but I'm just saying she's 10 months old here on earth. And Since I've been her father for these 10 months and and walked with her for these 10 months, I've begun to realize that she's just now breaking into the stage of imitating everything. She wants to imitate what you say, how you say it, hand gestures, movements, expressions, everything. And she does it so innately. Remember this, that in the book of Genesis, it says that Adam and God walked together in the cool of the day. And I believe that Adam did a pretty good job of imitating his creator, of imitating his father, so to speak. And just walking with him and getting to know him and all the curiosities and the expressions and the conversations and all the things that probably went on are probably a lot like... Well, I say a lot like, it's the only thing we have to relate it to, but a, a son imitating his father here on earth. As a young boy, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't give any more, I don't even know the best word to use, but a son loves to imitate his father. Look at him, watch him just try to diagnose and figure out how he's doing what he's doing and so intrigued and just this raw desire to please the father. That's what we're being called to do right here is imitate, be imitators of God. But we shy back because we think we're not worthy to be imitators of god but yet it goes on to say this live a life filled with love following the example of christ oh well you know i i can't i can't live up to christ's example well right here it tells you to live up to christ's examples (laughs) you know i can't live up to christ's examples well jesus also said that you'll go on to do mightier works than these you see jesus set the precedence He came here to show us what it looks like to commune fully with the Father in heaven. It doesn't get any more straightforward than that. That's that's the whole purpose of Jesus' coming, was to show the life approved to God and then die on the cross. He had a twofold objective. His main objective was to go to the cross, shed his blood so that we could have our sins atoned for once and for all. The second part was to show us what it looks like to live the life that God intended us to live. So Jesus says here in in Luke chapter 6, I will show you, which means he's going to do what? Demonstrate what it looks like. So we have much more to go off of than just this one verse, though that's the staple verse. He said he would demonstrate what it looks like to come, listen, and follow. He was equal with God. He is, Jesus is equal with God. But he said time and time again, God is my Father in heaven, and I won't do anything apart from him. And so he'd showed us here on earth what it looked like to commune with the Father, come, listen, and follow. John chapter 5, turn there. I'm going to show you exactly what I'm talking about. Jesus said to them, he's talking to the Pharisees here, I tell you the truth, the Son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. Just like I was explaining earlier about a son following after his father. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son and shows Him everything He is doing. In fact, the Father will show Him how to do even greater works than just healing this man. Then you will truly be astonished. For just as the Father gives life to those He raises from the dead, so the Son gives life to anyone He wants. In addition, the father judges no one. Instead, he he has given the son absolute authority to judge so that everyone will honor the son just as they honor the father. Anyone who does not honor honor the son is certainly not honoring the father who sent him. I tell you the truth. Listen closely to this. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death to life. What did he preface it by saying you'll have eternal life by doing? Listening to my message and believing in God. The Son does nothing apart from the Father. He's demonstrating the fact that even I, I am, I am equal with the Father. He, he literally says that. He says, I and the Father are one. So he's saying that I'm equal with God, but I still go to Him and let Him lead me while I'm on this earth. He comes to the Father. He listens to the Father. He frequently withdrew from crowds. After he fed the 5,000, it's said that the the men and women there were chasing him to to put a crown on his head and make him king of the the Israelites. And yet he chose to withdraw in secrecy and snuck away to be with the Father. He was following after Father. He wasn't following after this ideology that, that man wanted to put on him. What's another example? This is an example that's not about Jesus, but it's about somebody who recognized early what Jesus was doing. Actually, I I think I'm going to go to John. I think John describes it a little bit better. Okay. Okay. So when the first disciples are called, all right, and I know I'm running out of time, so I'm going to wrap this up. When the first disciples were called, Peter paints a very clear picture, and he didn't even know it until later, of what it looked like to come, listen, and follow. And and mainly, I'm going to talk about listening and following, because we already talked about coming a lot. But it says this... The following day, John was... Well, hang on, let me skip down a little bit. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want, he asked. They replied, Rabbi, where are you staying? Come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went to his place. All right, let me skip down a little bit more because I want to get to the main point while I still have you here for a few minutes. Then Andrew brought Simon. Andrew, who was the brother of Peter, who was before Peter, he was called Simon, brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, Your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip there and said, Come, follow me. Okay, I wanted to preface that because now we're going to go back to the beginning of Luke and I'm going to read you this version. jesus sat in the boat simon's boat to be specific okay track with me i'll I'll explain what i'm talking about here in a minute so jesus gets in peter's boat peter pushes him off and jesus sat down in the boat and began to preach he began to teach the crowds from the boat when he finished speaking he said to simon now go where it's deeper and let down your nets now go out there and let down your nets this was after he had just spent who knows how long building the crowd's faith which peter was a part of the crowd he said now that i've been teaching you for a while i want you to go out there let down your nets and catch some fish and some fish and he says master we worked all night we, we we literally we already charted these waters we already tried to catch fish not a thing came but if you say so i'll let down my nets again here's a perfect example Of someone who recognized the authority of Jesus they came to him listened to his teachings and followed through here's a perfect example of the difference between hearing something and listening to something he could have easily said now I know I know that I could go out there but we already fished those waters and left it there he heard what Jesus said he could have heard what Jesus said and left it there but instead, he chose to push the envelope and say, but if you say I'm going to catch fish, then I'm going to go. I'm going to go and try. I'm going to put my faith out there because I don't have anything else to lose. It did not matter. He chose to put some action on listening to what he had just listened to. Who knows? Jesus could have been teaching about faith. He could have been teaching about anything. But it built Simon's faith enough for him to say, even though we worked all night, if you say so, I'll let my nets down again. And you guys know what happened when he went out there. He dropped the nets and a fish horde came up. It was so heavy that it filled two boats and they literally almost sank because it was such a haul. Now what would have happened if you would have said, I hear what you're saying, Jesus, but we already fished those nets. Or excuse me, we already fished those waters. You can hear someone without listening. Part of listening is receiving, part of following is producing. So, what did Peter produce? His faith produced a haul that was the greatest haul he had probably ever caught a fish. I want you to start getting the parallels here that there is a reward attached to coming to Jesus. It's called eternal life. There's a reward attached to listening to the word of God. It's called producing and receiving an abundant life. And there's a reward for following after Jesus. And if, you, if you'll wrap your faith around this, this three-pronged approach, you'll have a solid foundation that will be so unshakable that no sin can touch you. Temptation can touch you. It can talk to you. It can try to nip at you. But you don't have to be the one that bites because you have a solid foundation. And this right here is what we're going to build on for the next series. Because what I want to see is men and women built up enough with an understanding of having a solid foundation in Christ that sin stands no chance. I'm not a sinner saved by grace. I am. I was a sinner. Now I'm saved by grace. People, people always try to carry over their sinful nature into their new creation. And they, they, they try to say, Oh, well, Nobody's perfect, Dylan. Like, what are you talking about? You know what? My Bible says to be perfect as my heavenly father is perfect. It says, even as my heavenly father is perfect, be perfect. It's not talking about out of works. It's talking about relying on the firm foundation that Jesus said we could have if you'll do these three things. Come to him, listen to him, receive from him, and follow him purposefully. That's what I'm going to leave you with, guys. As we start this next series, I want you to share these videos. You're not going to want to miss them because men and women are going to be empowered with more power than they've ever received in their life because they're choosing to put old things away and put on the new things that Christ has for us. He paid a price for you. And if you'll take it seriously, you'll have a reward in heaven and here on earth. And, and walking in that anointing is so much more worth it than just walking around with excuses and offenses. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that you would free every person bound by sin, bound by temptation, bound by the constant burden of this world. In Jesus' name, I command them to be freed. I loose freedom in Jesus' name over every listener. The ones who are going to take this lesson seriously will reap a harvest like no other, will reap reward like no other, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Out of the overflow of a good heart flows river of life. Father, thank you that you have given us a new heart, a responsive heart. I thank you. I love you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you guys for sticking around. I know I went 10 minutes over. I'm trying to keep these messages short and we'll keep going forward with it. But I hope you enjoyed it. I'll see you next time. Have a good one.